uh, in a series that we're calling Everyday Mission. And uh, I'm excited about this, excited to get back into it. First, I want to say thank you to Preston. Preston, thank you for preaching the word to us uh, last week, for bringing us a story of faith and uh, for reminding us of the gospel and what God has done for us uh, through Jesus. Abraham's offspring, our Lord, the one that we follow, and thank you for uh, pointing us to the word and to Jesus and that. Uh, I'm, Becca and I had a wonderful time with, with our two of our girls, two of our three girls last weekend in Searcy. It was an incredible uh, college conference. Uh, our daughter, Abby, is... Uh, college minister and associate worship pastor at Fellowship Bible Church in Searcy. There's about three to four hundred students who are a part of their church on Sundays, and so she, a couple of years ago, started this conference, and 150 uh, college students showed, showed up on a Friday night and an early Saturday morning to, to worship and to participate in, in, in life together and in wor- and study and hungry uh, hungry to to see them coming together like that and to uh, have a lot of conversations with some of them is is exciting um, and there the holy spirit is is moving and doing some really great things among young people and so even though as we looked at a few weeks ago, some of the statistics that tell us uh, that that uh, the nuns or the n- no religion or nothing in particular kind of belief system that's been increasing by about 1% a year. There's other surveys and other research that's being done that that says that maybe this so-called Generation Z, those born in 1995 and after, which would be a bunch of college students and just out of college students uh, in, in the United States, are kind of slowing that pace down. So that maybe there's something going on in this younger generation and, and for the rest of us that are uh, several years ahead of that generation, uh, let's roll up our sleeves and let's be ready to share life in Jesus with this younger generation. Let's demonstrate what we truly believe deep in our lives about God, about His kingdom, about the gospel that we profess. In this series, Everyday Mission, uh, the subtitle is called Being Church Beyond Sunday. And uh, I, I'm, ex- I'm excited, uh, each time I'm preparing for this, um, just ready to be engaged in the conversation. Now, it's really not much of a conversation because I do all the talking in, in, this, in this area, but what I'm hoping to do is get you talking, get you talking, first of all, to God, get you talking to each other, maybe in your coffee dates and your lunch dates and, and in your homes and in your life groups and your classes and so forth. Because I want us thinking about this great work that God has called us into, that this great mission, this great adventure that he allows us to participate in. It's, it's so good. Now, it's not to discount the gathering. It's not to discount the gathering. Uh, because we gather at the uh, ordained wisdom of God. We come together. This, the gathering was a part of his plan. It's part of what he created us to do, gather. And so we gather to remember, to worship, and to celebrate together, because we can, 
remember and worship and celebrate individually any time through the week, and hopefully we are engaged in those things throughout our week. But we gather so that we can do these things together. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit. We gather to remind each other of the gospel of God. We gather to equip and to be equipped for new life in Christ. We gather to practice what I would call the one another's. We gather to practice the one another's, the love one another, the encourage one another, serve one another, instruct one another, admonish one another, forgive one another, bear with one another, honor one another. All these one another's that you do mostly when you're together. So we gather, but then we go. We go from this gathering to be the body of Christ in the world God loves. I, I, would, I would like to encourage you just to start adding that phrase when you talk about the world. If you're going to talk about the world and what's going on in the world, start adding the phrase, in the world God loves. This world that God loves is a mess. What's going on in our world that God loves? If we started adding the phrase, the world God loves, it might begin to change the way that we feel about this world. It'd be a soul-training practice for us to begin thinking of this world that we so often uh, curse as a world that, first and foremost, is so loved by God. So maybe we, we start adding that phrase anytime we start talking about the world. This world... God loves. And we go to be the body of Christ, to, to love and serve people in the secure love of the Father. That's why we go from here with that commission every week, that we go in the love of the Father. Why? Because when we are living in the secure love of the Father for us, it changes our demeanor. It changes the, our personality. It changes the way that we think and the way that we feel and the way that we want and the way that we behave with other people. Because our, we're secure. We don't, have a, we don't have anything to worry about. We already know the end of the story. We know who's got us. We know who loves us. We know who's transformed us. And when we go through our day, we don't have to worry about the shenanigans that go on at work or school, the, the different ways that the world God loves maybe tries to press us into its mold to be ungodly. We live secure in the love of the Father. We go in, in the likeness of the Son to love and serve, and we go in the power of the Holy Spirit to love and serve, serve as people who are sent. Remember what Jesus says, as, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. I send you. You've been sent by the risen Lord Jesus into the world. And we go as witnesses of our glorious God and His gospel of new life in Christ. We get to testify about it. Sometimes we get to have conversations about it. But at the very least, we get to live the testimony. We get to live as witnesses in this world. We spend most of our lives in the going rather than in the gathering. 
But interestingly enough, in, in much of Western Christianity, we spent most of our time thinking about the gathering. Uh, many of us, in fact, are still trying to sort out what it means to be the body of Christ beyond Sunday because uh, some of us spent decades concentrating on the gathering and getting the gathering right as if we were walking on a tightrope before God. You better not mess up something in the gathering because that'll make you fall off the rope and into the abyss and then you'll have to get the gathering right before you can get back on. And there was so much emphasis on the gathering and, and, the, and, and there was emphasis on the gathering oftentimes not in the context of gospel, what God has done for us, but you know, what we do for God. Now, we still need to be thinking about the gathering, but for completely different reasons. We think about the gathering as a part of this purpose and this calling of part of what it means to share life in Jesus, not because we're afraid that if we get a technicality wrong, we're going to be lost forever. We care about the gathering, but it's this going that we do more of. It's the 165 or 166 hours of our week that we're going into the world. I want to talk a little bit about a part of the quality that we take into the world when we go from the gathering. And the story that I'd like to pick up today is in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together. You see, they gathered. They had already been doing this back in chapter 1. In fact, it says in chapter 1 that they, they gathered regularly together to pray. And it was in that gathering and in that prayer that they appointed the, the replacement for Judas, who had betrayed Jesus and then committed suicide. They were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language. Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed. They asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them. They said, they've had too much wine. And at that, Peter got up to address the crowd and preach what we know as his Pentecost sermon. 
I want us to notice a few things about this text. First of all, pay attention to the gathering. This was part of what you'll see happening throughout the book of Acts. This passage, in many ways, this little passage here, these 13 verses, set the tone for the rest of the book of Acts in the way the people responded as followers of Jesus, how they respond to each other, what it means for them to be the people of God. They're even called the way several times later on in the book of Acts because there was a particular way of living, a way of following Jesus. Jesus certainly was the way they proclaimed. And so this passage sets the tone. They, they gather And as so often happens, when they gather in the book of Acts, the church prays. And their prayer times, as we see here, while they're praying, the Holy Spirit comes on them in this very unique and powerful way. He's going to do it very similarly later on in chapter 10, a passage we looked at a few weeks ago. When Cornelius and his household hear the gospel and suddenly the, the power of the Holy Spirit comes on them. He fills them. And the Holy Spirit power is a part of these gatherings. But what I want us to notice today, and there's so many things we could unpack from these verses, but the primary thing that I want us to point out today is the people of God gather And as they pray and as they make themselves available to the Holy Spirit's power, then the Holy Spirit begins to use them. Then there's the proclamation that is is started through Peter. But there are others that are evidently proclaiming the Word of God that day. We have the, the sermon of Peter down, but... Remember, people from all over the world are hearing these people gathering, gathered, and there's 120 of them, it says. They're, they're speaking the, the Word of God in all these different languages, and they're hearing the gospel in all these different ways. So it was more than just Peter, even though Peter preaches this main sermon. People from all over, all different kinds of people. Every kind of culture represented here are hearing the gospel in their own language. And what I want us to notice this morning is the response of the people. There's a couple of things that happen here. First of all, there, here are the descriptions that are given. The crowd came together in verse 6 in bewilderment. Later on, it says, they're amazed and perplexed. Uh, Some even don't know what to do with them, and so they made fun of them. They're utterly amazed, verse 7. So their response to what's going on is amazement. They're, They're perplexed. And then it says they do two things. They ask, aren't these people who are speaking Galileans? And then they ask later on, what does this mean? And what I want us to notice here is the curiosity that comes from people who are hearing and seeing the gospel in action. They're hearing it, and they ask questions. They're perplexed. They're amazed. They're they're bewildered. And this is the response of the people as they see 
Spirit-empowered, gospel-shaped, Jesus-saturated people putting into practice this good news and speaking the good news. And, and it's just a little snippet of everything that's coming in the book of Acts because this kind of response to the people of God is what continues and it is simply a copy of the kind of response that people had to Jesus when he walked the earth. People being amazed and bewildered and perplexed even would not have been something that would have caught the disciples off guard because they had seen that kind of response to Jesus when he walked the earth and ministered to people. They came to expect that kind of response and my belief is that Jesus expected that kind of response from the world God loves as they would encounter Jesus. Or Jesus' people, that is. So when they encountered his people, he expected people around them to be perplexed, amazed, bewildered. When Jesus walked the earth as the light of the world, I want you to think about this. Go back to, to the Gospels. When Jesus walked the earth, there was nobody like Jesus. There was nobody like him. He was, he was, he was holy. He was, he was different. And the people even said that. That's what they felt in, in, in Mark chapter 12, 2, verse 12. When they, when they see Jesus and they hear him teach and they see him cast out demons and they see him heal people at the word or at a touch, and they go, we've never seen anything like this. It amazed them. It bewildered them. It perplexed them. They scratched their heads. They, they asked each other questions. They would ask Jesus questions. They would ask themselves questions. Questions just seemed to roll off the tongues of people as they encountered Jesus. He went about doing good and healing people and casting out demons. He loved people that no one else would love. He served people no one else would serve. He spoke with conviction and courage and commitment. He was full of grace and he was full of truth. He was holy for God the Father. Jesus was the embodiment of of what Israel was always supposed to be, the light to the nations, a witness to the Gentiles, a a, a holy nation set apart for the world God loves so that the world too would join in the life that he wanted them to have. Jesus lived out what the people of God were supposed to live out. He interacted with God and with people in the world in a way that Humanity was created to do in the very beginning. He showed us what it meant to be human. He didn't just show us what God the Father was like. He showed us what humanity was created to be like. Jesus was set apart, and everybody saw this. They saw there's, there's nobody like Jesus. And Jesus called his people, those who would follow him, Jesus called them to be with him, and to be like him. Not through their own effort, not through their own willpower and work, but as they denied themselves, surrendered their lives, gave up life and accepted his. And once they accepted his life and his way of life, his kingdom life, and life changed, then he expected them to be set apart, just as he was set apart. Just as the people in his day said, there's nobody like Jesus, who else is like Jesus? He intended for people to say the same things about his followers. 
which means he intends for people to be asking the same things and making the same kind of statements about us, the followers of Jesus today in 21st century Springfield, Missouri. We want to live, we, the gathered of Jesus Christ in here today, we want to live in a way that makes people notice Jesus, even if they don't know they're noticing Jesus at the time. Because sometimes that's what happens. People are noticing Jesus, they just don't know they're noticing him yet. And it may take a while for them to kind of catch on that, oh, this is Jesus. Several years ago, um, the Burrell Center operated f- on Commercial Street from the Missouri Hotel. Um, they operated and organized a, a lunch for the poor and the homeless of downtown. There wasn't a sign that said Bill's Place, but that's what it was known as, Bill's Place. And uh, what, what they did was invite groups from the community, oftentimes church groups, would come in to Bill's Place in the Missouri Hotel, and they would serve lunch to people, and they, they spread it out through the day. So Monday to Friday, there was a different group, and East Sunshine had a number of people who did this and served. And so they would show up. Monday was the day for the East Sunshine people. And so um, the East Sunshine group, and it was a rotation of different people on different days, and and um, Mondays was, was East Sunshine Day, and they would come in, and people would go through the line, get a hot lunch. But uh, our East Sunshine volunteers for that uh, didn't just look at serving lunch at Bill's place as uh, putting some hot food on a plate and sending it down the line. Uh, they were invested in more than just serving a lunch. It was an investment in people. It was an investment in relationship. And so they engaged people in conversation, and uh, they, they welcomed them as if the people were coming into their own place. It was hospitality. Even though they were, in a sense, guests in the place, they became the hosts and hostesses of Bill's place, serving the food. And there was kindness. There was sincere appreciation and love and value. And, and the people that came into Bill's place noticed that. Some of the volunteers went so far as to make the drab, dreary surroundings, the, the little rooms in which the meal was served, uh, brighter and, and did some decorating, adding even some curtains to the windows that face Commercial Street. And so they, they had decorated the place, and, and one time a, a man's coming through the line, and he's got his, he's got his plate, and he's looking around at the, the new place. He's being welcomed. He's being loved. He's being appreciated. And he's going through the line, looking at this, looking at the people serving him, and he goes, stops in the line, and just says, who are you people? That was his question. Who are you people? He was utterly amazed, bewildered, perplexed, and it made him ask a question the same kind of question that's going on throughout the book of Acts, the same kind of question that was happening in the ministry of Jesus. Who are you people? We've never seen anything like this. It's this curiosity, this curiosity. People who live lives that are so saturated with Jesus and the personality of Jesus, the welcome of Jesus, the love from Jesus, the service that Jesus, it's, it's such a part of us 
that people take note and they listen and they go, who are you people? We're going to stop uh, here and, and do something as a gathering this morning uh, to end our time together. Uh, and so instead of me giving you more words, uh, what I'd like to do is um, I'd like for us to stop and spend some time in prayer. And I, would, I want to invite you to do some prayer time just a little differently. Um, and so you can choose how to do this. We're going to prayer. There's going to be some prayer prompts on the screen. And we're going to, these prayer prompts are um, ways for us to engage God. And uh, the prompts are these. Pray for God to renew and transform the world, beginning with you. Beginning with you. God wants to change this world. He's always changed it through a renewed and transformed people. It's just how he does it. He wants to change your workplace. He wants to change your school. He wants to change neighborhoods. He wants to change soccer teams and recitals. And he wants to change things in this world. And so pray that he'll renew and transform this world beginning with you. Pray for God to show you where he's already working, going back to one of our lessons from a few weeks ago and for courage to join him. That you would have eyes to see where he's already at work, and then you would have courage to join him. Pray for the Father to give you his heart for people who do not yet know him. Uh, That prayer alone, that prayer alone, uh, may be the prayer that you hang on to for a while. Father, give me your heart for this person at work, for this person at school, for this person that is in some area of your life. Give me your heart for this person. Watch out if God starts giving us his heart for people. Uh, This world will change. And finally, pray for breakthrough in this place, in this person, in this relationship. You're praying praying for breakthrough in or for this people place, whatever. Just pray for breakthrough. You can pray any one of those four. You can pray all four. We're going to have about four minutes. For some of you, that's going to seem like 40 minutes. And for others, it's going to seem like 40 seconds. Um, So I'm not sure how it's going to feel to you. I really don't care. (laughs) I do love you. I do love you. One of the things we need to do together is pray. We are led in prayer every week by one of our shepherds. We're led in prayer around the table. But having a time where we're actually all praying uh, is something we just don't do very much of. Yet the church in the book of Acts did it a lot. So we're going we're gonna to have a, a, just a, a, an instrumental song, no lyrics, playing in the background. These prayer prompts are going to be on the screen. I'll invite you to either pray with the person next to you. If there's three or four of you and you want to huddle together, pray. And, and pray. Whisper your prayers. Let them be audible. It's, don't pray in your mind. Then you won't know what each other's praying. So pray together. Um, let there be a prayer rumble in here. That's a good phrase. Let there be a little prayer rumble to go with the music that's in the background. If you're just not comfortable with that or if you're sitting by yourself and you really don't want to do uh, this kind of prayer thing, just bow your head. That will be the signal that you don't want anybody else to 
to join you. You're just praying. It's you and the Holy Spirit praying. Just bow your head and pray. So let's take some time and let's pray as the gathered community of God before we go.
Oh God, we, we pray together that you would you would open up the heavens and let your let your kingdom come and let your will be done in this church as it is in heaven on this earth as it is in heaven lord light a fire through your holy spirit just as you've done before in your people when you light the fire and you shake the earth do what you want to do and have your way with us that you would light a fire in us that we would today not leave here the same kind of people as when we came in. That we would be so captivated by Jesus, so mesmerized, so utterly amazed, bewildered at who you are and what you've done for us that, that we would live in that reality and then we would live such lives that are so full of Jesus that people would also be bewildered and perplexed when they see us, that they would be curious and that they would begin to ask questions. We want people to ask, who, who are you people? And we want, uh, we want you to break through in some of those relationships that we even have in mind at, at work, at school, in our neighborhoods, in, in our lives, in other areas. Uh, Father, we pray for breakthrough in marriages. We pray for breakthrough in addictions. We pray for breakthrough in, in, in bitterness. We pray for breakthrough in, in places that we are held captive. And we pray that your spirit would break through, that you'd set us free so that we can join you in your work to set this world you love free. Let us see this world the way you see it. In the mighty name of Jesus, who makes it happen. Amen. I'd like to invite you to stand. Uh, don't you worry. We're going to learn how to prayer rumble. We're going we're to learn how. We're going to do some more of that from time to time. We've just, we've, uh, we're just going to do that. Uh, so, uh, so we'll, uh, we'll learn more and more how we can do this just together. Uh, my prayer is that you won't leave here today changed, uh, different, uh, the same, that you'll leave today changed. Don't. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for uh, taking my words and doing what you need to do with them among the people. I want you to leave uh, with the transformation of, of the Spirit in your life. I want you to leave here today um, different than the person you were when you came in. And that you'd carry that with you through this week. That's why we're in a season of, of thinking about the mission. Because if we're not intentional about it, guess what happens? We don't do it. We don't even think about it. We don't think about this world God loves. The people around us that God loves. And uh, so we're going to make ourselves available to him so that he would transform us. Um, we would like to sing this song of declaration about our God who is a mighty fortress, who is full of mercy, who gives us his freedom, who's, who is uh, delights in this world, um, even with his holy fire. So we're going to sing together, and if you need to respond, our, our prayer teams are available, and uh, we'd love to pray with you and for you. So let's sing.